0: Episode 55, How Jen Healed Her Liver with 10% Weight Loss. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we relearn how to lose weight so you can reach your goal weight with less wasted effort, money, and time. Hello there, mamas. I have a very special guest with me today. The fabulous Jen is here today to talk about her amazing weight loss story. And ladies, I want to just emphasize for you all to begin with before we start talking to Jen about the fact that 10% weight loss healed Jen's liver. And I don't take that lightly. I'm a medical doctor. I'm not out there telling you all like, take this supplement and your liver will be fixed. This is Mayo Clinic experts in liver disease level confirmation that Jen's liver is healthy. And it was a 10% weight loss. She did not have to reach her ultimate weight loss goal to get there. And we've had a little discussion about that. We'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. But I'm so excited to have you all hear from Jen today because I think fatty liver is such a common thing. Many of us are told we have prediabetes and fatty liver through our weight loss journeys, right? When we go to the doctor's office, Jen's story is maybe a little bit more extreme than that. And Jen put a lot of extra pressure on herself because of that significant contribution to her journey. So welcome, Jen. Hi, thanks for having me. Ladies, you're gonna notice one thing about Jen. So she's lived in the medical world. She's actually my medical helper in my program now with the introduction of the medical arm. So I'm gonna actually have Jen explain a little bit of her journey to you guys herself because she's got a lot of knowledge on this. Jen has researched. If you are an analysis paralysis person, you have found your success story because Jen has researched liver disease. Jen knows liver disease on a whole different level. So Jen, share with everybody just a little bit of the background of how you got started on this weight loss journey.
1: Well, it started about five years ago. I had a total crazy medical scare that put me in a hospital bed on life support for an extended period of time. And while I was put on some medications to recover from that, I started a really crazy journey with my body. It felt like it was failing me and lots of tests and doctors later, I was told I was nearing liver failure, basically liver disease, fatty liver disease on steroids. And my liver was to the point I was told of almost no return. So I was sent to Mayo Clinic. I had biopsy confirmed steatohepatitis, which is essentially fatty liver, but really, really the bad kind. And I was told by a transplant team at Mayo Clinic who became part of my care team, that I had maybe five years if I could not halt the progress of my liver disease or hopefully even reverse it. They told me it would be very unlikely for me to make it better, but it was possible to not let it get worse. And essentially I had to remove all stress from my liver. So that included the way I was eating, the way I was living, really everything. Honestly, I've never been much of a drinker, so I never, ever, ever believed I'd be facing liver disease, because to me, liver disease, uh, liver transplant, cirrhosis, those are all words that I always associated with alcoholics, quite frankly. Working in the medical field, I work in radiology, that's my background, so we saw a whole lot of cirrhosis. I really, truly believed those came from things like hepatitis from drug use or, you know, drugs, alcohol, all the things that I wasn't doing. And I didn't understand that I, too, could be a victim of liver disease. So when they told me, you have five years or, you know, you had to work on stuff right now, I was absolutely terrified. And I knew I had to do everything possible to be beat the odds and be the statistic to prove them wrong. I knew I had it in me, but I wasn't really sure what to do next. And that's where Dr. Emily came involved.
0: Yeah, so I wanna just give a little bit of background on the liver disease because ladies, the biggest growing class of people in liver disease is people who are coming from fatty liver, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, Nash syndrome, and it's dietary. It's weight and dietary based. So Jen's absolutely right. Like we historically think of like alcoholics going in or maybe drug users who've had hepatitis going into liver failure. But the biggest growing area is actually coming from our weight battles and from fatty liver. Many of you may have been told that you have fatty liver. So fatty liver, it's kind of an Interesting cascade. In general, you may have been told, hey, your liver enzymes are a little bit high. Let's do a sonogram. You've got some fatty infiltrate in your liver. You've got fatty liver. And you may have experienced this on the level where your doctor was like, well, it's really nothing to worry about, essentially. Jen's version was more extreme than that. It had progressed. Before you went through this episode in the hospital, Jen, do you know if you had fatty liver before that? I think that I had had one
1: ultrasound that showed mild suspected fatty liver when I looked back I believe I had that in 2017 and my whole critical illness was in 2018 but I know I heard and we have said in the medical field it's no big deal yeah everybody has fatty liver 50% of America has fatty liver I mean those are things that I had even said to my own family members when they had come to me oh my gosh my doctor says I have fatty liver I'm like everybody has it I didn't take it seriously.
0: And it's such a common thing because I think that that is such a good point, Jen, in your story. Many of you may have been told you have fatty liver and it isn't a big deal. And it may not be a big deal unless something happens like happened to Jen, where she had an additional health complication and ladies, she was in the hospital I was not expected to survive. Yeah, I hate to say it, no, knocking okay. on death's door. Oh, I was less than 2% <laughs> chance of survival. We can say it, it's yes. okay. And it was a little trigger on top of that that made her liver decompensate, right? right? She didn't suddenly you know, start drinking alcohol. It was this underlying decompensation that progressed because of additional health complications. So yes, your doctor may have said you have fatty liver disease. They may have said it's not a big deal, but I also want you to note that changing that trajectory for your health through weight loss can also impact the rest of your life jen went through a very extreme version of this and i would say i think an interesting part of jen's story that she's always shared with me was that she wasn't the girl who was always (laughs) dieting in fact she was like kind of the rebel with her weight and so breaking out the fact that maybe my eating and maybe my health history and potentially my future has actually been impacted by my weight was extra complicated for Jen. Oh, it was super scary for me. In
1: fact, I was convinced that when they told me I had to have a liver biopsy, Dr. Pepper might come out. Because I was a Dr. Pepper a That was my guilty pleasure. I'm like, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I'm drinking Dr. Pepper, and that was my thing. And so I hadn't I have not had a Dr. Pepper since I got my diagnosis in March of 2021. But I am an extreme case. I don't want people thinking, oh my gosh, that's going to happen to me. I know that I'm an extreme case, but I also know all too well right now that liver disease is not something to just ignore. You
0: may be an extreme case, but it's actually a possibility it's a for anyone. Statistic right <laughs> I mean, now. it is possible, guys. Yes. Like, we don't do scare stuff around here, but I will say it's possible for anyone that that could happen when dr emily talks
1: about analysis paralysis guys i'm pretty sure i've read the entire internet when it comes to fatty liver and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis i was convinced that if i had all the right information and the best of the best specialists that i was going to be able to completely change my life and while part of that is true knowledge is power Ultimately, it came down to believing in myself enough to do it and that is what completely changed once I met Dr. Emily because I was so scared that I was gonna do the wrong thing that I almost couldn't do anything So it took me a long time to be happy and confident that I was making a difference in my health I started from a place of huge fear I was scared to death I mean I'm 40 years old I have two daughters I have a husband I have a life I want to live and so to be told you escaped death once and you maybe can't escape it a second time that was the big thing for me because I cheated death the first time is how I felt and here I am facing it again so I was willing to do anything But thank goodness I had Emily helping me. (laughs) She was
0: willing to do anything. Except. Yeah. (laughs) But. So Jen's journey was so interesting, right? You get a diagnosis like that. And she shared with me that, you know, she went to the Mayo Clinic. They were like, hey, you've got to fix this. Tell tell everybody what they told you at the (laughs) Mayo Clinic. They literally said, we would love to tell you
1: there's a medication for this, but there's not. You have it in your control. You literally have to change the relationship you have with food because the way you eat is everything to do with how you have the ability to heal your liver. Does that make sense? Yes, because it's, it's fatty infiltrate
0: in your liver that
1: started right. this whole so They said, you know, you had fatty infiltrate, you took an antibiotic that completely screwed your liver, and now we have to figure out a way, you have to figure out a way to remove anything that stresses your liver,
0: which really... Can I just add on one thing, though, as what? you say that? it Like, the coach of me just hears you say that completely screwed your liver, and I just want to add on, and saved your life. Yes, So that's yes. the funny part about it. Is yes. It's like, it ruined an me, option. and also it kept me from dying. So, and,
1: sorry. <laughs> and, to be honest, I went from, why me? Like, what the heck? I don't deserve this diagnosis, to instead, it took a while, but instead the mind shift was... Well, why not me? Nobody deserves terrible diagnoses. And quite frankly, I could have easily been on the trajectory to die of something else earlier than I should have because I was taking my health for granted. I thought I was healthy. I wasn't doing things that I viewed as unhealthy, minus Dr. Pepper. But ultimately, I wasn't treating my body the way it needed to be treated. So while the liver disease diagnosis scared me, it also truly, I believe, saved my life because I, who knows what would have happened. I had never been diagnosed diabetic. I had never even been diagnosed with having blood sugar issues. But when all of this happened, they went ahead and started looking further in that and did an a1c on me and turns out i was almost pre-diabetic i was right there at the border so who knows how quickly that would have also transpired so I actually am, in a weird way, thankful that I got my liver diagnosis. Not a weird way. Like, I am confident in that. I am thankful I had that wake-up call because it has changed me in all the right ways. And your
0: family. I mean, just the trajectory of your life that it it changed. I think that when we get a diagnosis like this and you're like, okay, what do I do? And they're like, nothing. You have to lose weight.
1: You have to fix your diet and lose weight. They said, you have to change the way you're eating and you need to change the relationship with food. And we really don't know what to tell you, except you should probably listen to this podcast. I mean, they probably said it in a much nicer way, but ultimately it's all about the brain and how we can change our relationship with how um, we view fuel. And so that is what ultimately led me to
0: starting with Dr. Emily. And her journey was interesting because Jen fought me at every step <laughs> True. and she fought me in that she's so kind guys she's so warm and welcoming so it was very sweet it but i also stubborn and it was very much one of my typical mama fights where it was like well what do you think or maybe I was researching this and what do you think about this so what happened to Jen was she indulged in a lot of diet indecision Jen spent a lot of time in analysis paralysis. So she was progressing forward. But it happened where this you're not alone in this, Jen, where it was like, Everything she chose, she questioned it from fear that this isn't the best single best answer. And because the medical world didn't have a single best answer for her, she was like out there looking for everything you could dream of. And it did stall progress for a while. Right? It absolutely did.
1: Yeah, it was like do the best, do everything you can to eat healthy and remove, you know, processed foods. Oh, and by the way, we think if you can lose five to 7% of your overall body weight, you'll make your liver healthy healthier and oh yeah there's some research that shows if you can lose 10% then you're gonna just make a huge difference in your liver so I have that 10% number in my brain and I kept thinking but what if it's not enough what if it's not enough what if it's not enough and ultimately I didn't care what I weighed really most of my life and all of a sudden I had to care so much about it that it was really kind of scary because it was like I knew or at least I was hoping and thinking I was doing the right things and eating the right things and not eating the wrong things. And yet that scale felt like it wouldn't move fast enough because I did feel like, okay, they told me five years, I'm gonna need a transplant but I have to lose 10% of my weight before that. And if I don't lose 10% of my weight fast enough, does that mean I'm not gonna get there before I need my transplant? So it was just this constant cycle of feeling like, I use the term a lot, I felt like a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. I felt like my weight loss could not be slow and gradual, even though that's what all the research says you should do. It couldn't be because it felt like it had to happen really, really fast. I now know that that is not true, but that is how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was very hard. To get out of that cycle of feeling like it was a race and when you're trying to run a race and essentially don't know how to run i mean that's really kind of what i was doing
0: it was very difficult and you were always looking for like a quicker answer (laughs) and questioning the answers that you knew it was such an interesting space to be in because it was just flat out fear-based it's funny jen and i were talking recently and i was like Jen, you're finally past the fear. Now we get to up level this to the fun. Like now we get to start focusing on the fun of what your weight loss has created for you, what you're creating for your future. The pressure is off. The pressure is off. And I like the point that you made because I mean, we say 10% weight loss, but it didn't even take getting to 10% weight loss for Jen to have corrected her health complications. Share with everybody kind of the update on that. So within three months probably of starting this journey, my lab
1: values were all improving. I get lab work for a while, I was getting it done monthly, and now I get it done every three months, but it did not take long at all for lab values to look really pretty awesome. And my most exciting update is a year after I saw Mayo. So I initially saw Mayo in August of 21, In August of 22, I had additional imaging done as well as my normal lab work. And my scans showed no evidence of liver disease. Not only did I halt the progression of the severe disease, it had reversed to the point that truly, you can't even tell I have liver disease at all or ever had it, I should say. And I don't even have fatty liver. And this is a girl who knows scans, guys. This is her world. This is my world. (laughs) Like I literally, was shocked i mean i think i've been holding my breath for a year yeah and when i know you re- were holding your yeah. breath for. a uh, yeah <laughs> i was with you <laughs> and then i got the report and i was like is that really what that says and of course i have to go talk to the radiologist because he's my friend too and i'm like are you shocked right now he's like a little bit but that's amazing Yes. mayo clinic said to me this last year or what three months ago oh my gosh we don't know
0: what you did But we need to bottle it up and give it to everybody else because this is amazing. That moment feels amazing. Like working towards that moment feels amazing. And for those of you who are out there listening, I know you're like, but also... You have that amazing moment, but you have the gift of your future. Yes, And how huge. that changes your mindset. So when you say, because it's interesting, what we do in coaching is a little different, right? If you guys are listening to Jen right now, this is mindset, right? This is thoughts about where you're at in your life. So I want you to just really simply tell everybody, cause they said at Mayo, if you could bottle this up, if we could bottle this up and give this to everybody, how you did it, I want you to just share like, a few of the biggest things that impacted your ability to do it. Like, how did you really do it? What were the biggest changes that got you that result? Because ladies, for Jen, 10% represented the future. Like, it meant so much. It was so heavy for her that I can even share with you that she probably had... As much if not more scale drama than I've experienced with (laughs) any of my ladies like she made arguments with me for not weighing every day for weighing every day for weighing five times a day like we went the gamut in her weighing because she put so much pressure on that scale for some of you guys it may just feel like it's kind of the vanity metric for Jen this meant her life and in some ways that feels incredibly motivating for Jen That's a lot of pressure, that's a lot of extra emotions that you can really beat yourself up around about not being perfect, about who are you as a person. If you can't even do it perfectly enough now, maybe you should research more, maybe you should find out more answers, maybe you just don't know the right answer yet. That was a big part of Jen's journey. So although it's extremely motivating, it's also spending a lot of time in the emotion of fear, right? Absolutely. And so it's very extreme emotions around this to the point where like, there was a lot of rebellion and a lot of like, can I, will I, will I not? How am I doing it? Tell everybody what really, if you told Mayo, what was the difference, what would you say?
1: The difference for me was and I know I don't have to say this just because you know I'm here with you really the difference was coaching and working with dr. Emily and not just any old coach the medical side of me needed Emily to be a physician and I know that sounds kind of silly but that was really important to me because I knew it was medically founded and I came to her I came to coaching with a medical crisis and while I do believe 80% of my success was
0: my mindset and my work with Dr. Emily. I think what it did for you, Jen, was it eliminated a part of the fear. Yes. It was like, I'm safe because I'm with a medical professional who would not make me less healthy. Correct. Who right. wouldn't she risk wasn't my health
1: me to take supplements? She yeah. wasn't
0: telling me to Who wouldn't do risk weird my things. health to get me an extra two percent? Like Correct. she's not going to sell me down that. Correct. But what's funny is that eliminated the fear in your own mind. Right. It was literally like my initials M D were like yep. less fear. She probably could have told me anything, and I'd be like,
1: well, she's an M.D., so. Well, you you still questioned it a little bit. Well, yeah, I probably did. I'm going to (laughs) question. That's in my nature. But to bottle it up, it was the mindset. It was no sugar. Sugar is a big thing. I really struggled with that initially, but, um, I mean, I still struggle. I'm not going to pretend I don't. Honestly, even after Mayo was like, good job, you're amazing, the very next day I'm like, Oh my god what did I eat yesterday i probably screwed it up since I had the scan because the scan was now 10 days ago hopefully my liver still looks good I mean I even did silly things like that so just because I hit that goal doesn't mean I still don't benefit from coaching and benefit from continual progress to move past the fear I do feel like I'm past the fear for the most part I think it can still creep back in but it is like she said so much easier now to do it just because I want it not because I feel like I have to do this and I started out feeling like I have to do this and not only do I have to do this I have to be so successful that I'm going to blow everybody away and yeah she wanted to be the the best of the best and I even told Emily I think when I started I want to be your star student who loses the most weight I mean that that was, was it. my goal. I wanted to, I don't like to do things subpar. And so it was just as really an FYI,
0: hard. guys, this is our group, by the way. So if you're like a kind of recovered teacher's pet, like grown up teacher's pet, like, I want to be the perfectionist people pleaser. We're a group of that. <laughs> so Jen was in with a group of that. We're really sweet. We're really nice girls because we're a little bit, but that. we all want to be the best. But everybody <laughs> wants to be like the highest percentage, the highest this. And working around that with Jen was part of the journey, yes. right? Like you weren't the highest percentage, but no. you changed your flip in life as much as everybody else did.
1: Right. And I am totally at peace now. I was not at peace at first. But I am totally at peace with it's probably going to take me a total of three years to get to my goal weight. I am hopefully going to change the trajectory and it'll happen quicker. But a year and a half in, you know, I think I probably have a year
0: and a half left. I want to ask you a question for everybody when you say I want it quicker. What does quicker mean to you? Why do you want it quicker?
1: I think just to feel that accomplishment that I know I'm capable It's not because it has to happen. It's just like, that's that perfectionist, but I still want it to happen. I mean, I'm so excited for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, I didn't believe it was possible because I've never been a thin person ever. Like I couldn't even fathom what that meant or why I needed to get there until this whole health scare it was like, I don't I don't really care what I weigh. Therefore it was hard for me to create results when I didn't even know what that looked like. And once I finally got past the health piece, I'm now excited to create the results because while I still don't know what it could look like, I'm envisioning what it can be and I'm excited about
0: that. One of Jen's challenges at one point was to do something active with her girls at the end of the day. And one time she comes on the call just all excited and I was like, What? What's going on, Jen? She said You know what I realized? When I was heavier, I used to always think that the people who wanted to be active with their kids and hiking and doing those things, like, they hurt as much as I did. They just wanted it more. And I'm already like, oh, this is what life is like, being active without hurting. Yeah, I didn't know. Yes. That's what makes you excited for the future. Because I used to think the same thing. Like people just wanted it more than me. They just felt the same way. They don't feel the same way. No, I I mean,
1: I've always been like, why can't I just be a person who likes to run? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I will like to run the less, the more weight I get off because running was not comfortable. Now I'm like, oh, it's probably not uncomfortable for people who choose to do it on a regular basis. Yes, they actually
0: might like it. Oh. I don't know if I'd ever
1: like running, I but mean, walking
0: at least, right? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to go. But I mean, truly, it's it. that's what's exciting for the future. And I think that's what makes you want to make it a little faster is like, hey, yes. it's like a, a success check mark for me. And also it's like, what am I heading towards for my future? It is the healthy you creation. And Jen had to spend a lot of time getting out of fear to get into even the possibility of the healthy you and I think that's where you see it bounce back and forth a little bit still I do but it feels a little more distant a little more in the space of the future and less in the space of the past
1: I have not told you this yet but I feel like my new healthy you goal is I want to zip line which I could go ziplining right now, but I'm always scared, like I'm gonna fall off the rope or something. I don't know, it <laughs> freaks me out. But my family loves to zipline and that's what they do when we go on vacation and I don't do it. You don't do it? No, it scares the crap out oh of me. Oh my gosh. So I'm thinking, and this is, you're gonna tell me I'm wrong. This is probably a thought error, but I'm thinking when I weigh less weight, I won't be scared that I'll fall off the rope. So I'm going to zipline. That's my new healthy goal. Yeah, no, it's not gonna be a weight thing
0: unless there's a weight limit on it. Well, true. But when I get
1: to my goal weight, I'm gonna zip line. Just so you know.
0: Okay. I like that. I love impossible goals. That's so (laughs) Did you just say that's not gonna happen? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Let me clarify what an impossible goal is. So impossible goals are goals we set that like feel like it would never have been possible for our life. I love it the most when they are linked to weight because then it's like I've created two goals for my life. Like Um, Lindsay shared on her podcast episode riding a donkey to the bottom of the Grand Canyon now that did have a weight limit so she literally had to commit to that six months in advance that she would be at that weight and she was way under it by the time she went there but I like that being connected to it because it's like it's overcoming something I always thought would be a limitation in my weight and in my life and they're linked together so yes it's not that it is impossible it's an impossible goal of what you thought your weight would keep you from. I love that. That's yours, girl. That's fine. And
1: I don't think, well, I know I would have never got here. I would have never been the best version of me without my liver disease diagnosis. So I'm thankful for that.
0: Yeah. And Jen had a, a big story of like health and relationship with her body that, really was a little bit of a, almost like needed to be overcome first for you to even start losing weight. Right. Yeah, it was I always like,
1: thought my body was failing me. I mean, I struggled with infertility. I struggled with weird things. I mean, I've been told by many physicians, well, we just don't know how to explain this. You're one in a million. That's my little coin term. I would say to Dr. Emily, it's like, I'm tired of being this weird anomaly. I don't want to be a medical anomaly. But, Do you still feel like that? No, I really don't. I mean, it was a big story like
0: I survived what I shouldn't have survived. It's no longer creating my fear. It's an interesting place to be. can't tell you how many times I told Jen. Doctors just throw out statements. You're making that thought of theirs a fact for your life. And Mm -hmm. it's not. So I had to be very careful with Jen. I always watched what I said to her because I'm like, she's going to like write it in her Bible. Dr. Emily said you're one in a million. No, I will never say that to you, right? Right. But I will share with you that honestly, I believe the work that you've done is one in a million. Thank you. I will take that because I do believe I created results that the average person may not have been able to create. It took fortitude. When you're living in fear, guys, it's hard to continue down that path. And I know you think, because you have lots of extra thoughts that like, I should be, I should be, I should be better than this. I should be perfect. I should be, right? And then you're still battling your brain, which is like, by the way, food's a great pickup for should-be's, right? (laughs) Right, right. So you live back and forth in that space. So for those of you who are considering joining us in January, Jen is officially my assistant for the medical arm of Weight Loss for Modern American Moms. She is phenomenal, and she is sort of the go-to person to help me with instituting that. So tell me what you think that arm has added to the program from a little bit of an insider perspective.
1: I think it's absolutely life changing, I mean, program changing, however you wanna say that, it has taken it up a notch. Not only can we help ladies with the mindset, we can truly look at the overall picture of health and that's not an intimidating or scary thing. I just get excited about this and I get excited about educating people on what we can do with this kind of program because i have to go back to liver disease its addictions are in the next five to seven years it will be the leading cause of death i mean it is a really big thing and it's so closely related with weight and so i'm just excited that we have even more opportunity to change people's lives because there are people out there like me who probably would not be interested in a program if there wasn't some type of medical foundation to it. And so we've just taken it up a notch, I think.
0: I think that what Jen said earlier about I felt safer because it was coming from a doctor, that's always been very important to me in the program. Like we've always done evidence-based. We're very true to what the studies support is the safest way, is the way to improve your health. But I do think what you spoke to of like I knew I would be safe in a doctor's hands. That's kind of what we've up leveled in that we do obesity medicine reviews. So our ladies who finished we did our started our first group with the medical arm. In november and those ladies just yesterday we heard from one of them who's going back to see her doctor today and she wanted to make sure that we had sent over the records because what we do is we look at your medications we see if there's other options that might be a better fit from the weight standpoint and from your health according to your weight standpoint and give suggestions for your doctor to be able to look at And we look at the new medications coming down the pike and how those can impact your weight loss journey and how those may or may not be beneficial for you individually. It's an obesity medicine review of where you're at, as well as additional suggestions to help you on this weight loss journey. It's a bonus in the program and it is such a bonus to the program. Well,
1: the way I look at it, I literally have traveled across the country to see a specialist because if you have a struggle My background has taught me if you're struggling with something, you find somebody that's absolutely the best in their skill set to help you. Well, if you're struggling with weight loss, you're the specialist, why not? I mean, this is, you don't have to travel across the country, that's the best part. I mean, you might, where you look. You might <laughs> We do have, to have people from across that's the country, so true. you could but, be traveling. But. but on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, you don't have to travel across no, the country right. to see you and get your expertise. So to me, it's a no-brainer. I was willing to go anywhere I needed to go, and this is just one more avenue to be able to see a specialist. I mean, Dr. Emily still has the same training she's had through all of her coaching, but utilizing the,
0: the MD part of your title is huge. It was important to me because it's authentically what this program means, right? Like we are now officially covering all the pillars of obesity medicine and behavioral modification, guys, is one of those. Now, in our program, we kill it. Most behavioral modification, lifestyle modifications are like a 4% weight loss at best. And we average 20% weight loss with that. But the addition of being able to look at you as a whole person and the healthy you from the medical standpoint is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so appreciative to have Jen to help me with it. She is just a flat-out rock star. So Thank you. You are.
1: And share with your doctors, guys. People (laughs) need this information. We
0: do share information back to your doctor's office. And like I said, if you have more questions on that aspect of it, we can always talk about it on a consult as the group opens up. But I wanted Jen to just kind of share a little bit about that because she's really involved in that aspect and is helping make it super successful and has experienced it herself. Listen, ladies, Jen, if you have one final thing to tell them if they're like in in this space where maybe they're like hey my doctor did tell me i have fatty liver but it wasn't a big deal should i be concerned about that or if they're like by the way my doctor told me i'm like borderline transplant should i be working on weight loss and how should i do it or if they're like hey i don't want to end up there from your perspective what would you tell them
1: pay attention don't wait until it's past the point of no return take your health into your hands, because we have the ability as humans to truly change our outcomes. And it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible. No matter what health battles you feel that you're facing that are just too much, it's not impossible. We just it's have actually to work. simpler than you think. It is. <laughs> and you've said that to me like 800 times. And it took me a while. Your brain it.
0: wanted to over, overly complicate it because yeah. it felt like if you were missing one thing, then you could mess up and you'd be in liver failure. Right. I and mean, I'm you'd be on the you it's transplant list. It's not
1: easy, but it is simple. It really is simple.
0: How much exercising
1: did you do through this process? Well, none. Am I allowed to say that? Yes. No, I mean, I was not in a sedentary lifestyle because I work on my feet, but I didn't actively go out and exercise. I have added that in now because I just want to. I want to feel better in my body with the movement. That's when we like it added in. The first year, there was not dedicated going to the gym to work out because it really meant weight. You can't out-exercise a bad diet, so...
0: No, we make it super simple. The biggest work is getting out a short-term diet mentality. For Jen, it was believing that she had the right plan and working around the mindset of making this your future. And the key when you're coming from fear is to shift it into what you're gaining, not what you're losing, right? It's so easy to be like, I've already messed up. I've already messed everything up. And just want to curl up in your bed and eat potato chips or drink Dr. Pepper when days are bad, right? Chex Mix Chex and Mix. Dr. Pepper. Yeah. At one point, Jen had an interesting Chex Mix breakdown where she, she didn't have a perfect amount in a bag.
1: I was serving Chex Mix and I had extra and I hadn't eaten it at all, didn't snack. I was so proud of myself. I told Emily, I didn't even eat the Chex Mix. But then when it didn't all fit in the serving bowl that I was sending it away with, I mean, I had to eat the extra. So <laughs> that's why she's laughing.
0: At so me if you're right a now. perfectionist people pleaser, welcome to your world. Yes. This is the stories that happen, right? This but it's is possible. Journey. That's the one thing. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies. Listen, Jen literally, and it was before 10%, but we're going to put it at 10%, healed her liver. Like, her sonograms are normal. Her liver functions are good. She is a healthy mom because she made the decision that it was time for change. Set. And I am so glad I did. I'm glad you did, too. Thank you. So we've got the wait list started for the January group, ladies. The link is going to be in the show notes. Make sure to get on it if you're interested in joining us in Weight Loss for Modern American Moms, where we actually create healthy weight loss. And we do that. We heal disease. We heal disease. We create healthy weight loss and we create the healthy you for the future. Have a great week. If you love today's show, make sure to share it with a mom who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get all of the latest lessons from the School of Weight Loss podcast. Ready to reach that goal weight? Head on over to d o c t o r m o m e. D-O-C-T-O-R-M-O-M-E.com to learn more about Weight Loss for Modern American Moms, my virtual weight loss coaching program.